Well, welcome back, Church, to week two in our First Peter study. I think last week was a real blessing to many people as we considered what Peter has to say about suffering and how that applies to our lives today. You know, we we know we're in a crazy time. We've addressed that many times. Um, we're very aware of that. And many people are suffering either financially right now with health, with worries and concerns or, you know, severe anxiety. Mm-hmm. Some people are suffering with isolation. Um, we're yeah. really praying for those of you who are on your own right now. I'm mm-hmm. um, specifically praying for the peace of God to, to just fill your home and yeah. your heart. Um, yeah. Some people are suffering um, with other types of things, you know, with being with their family all day long, all in one space. That's a different, the different side of being isolated. Um, yeah, right. Suffering alongside your family, suffering... Mm with weight gain, suffering with, you know, too much baking, all sorts of things. And so some's very real, some's more light, but um, we want to dig into week two in 1 Peter and just see what Peter has to teach us this week about continuing on this journey of suffering and and how we can do that in a way that's joy-filled and hope-filled. That's right. Well, as we look into the second uh, chapter of 1 Peter, I want to just draw you to an idea that will really kind of carry through the whole of the sermon, and that's simply this. We've been told to stay at home, and many of you are staying at home, and there's a lot of creativity that's flowing as a result of staying at home, but I want to talk to you about being at home. I want to make an analogy for you that I think will really stick and help you, and you know, if you think about a caterpillar kind of going through the metamorphosis of becoming a butterfly, we can look at this season of being at home in a different way. You know, when a, when a caterpillar enters a cocoon, what is going on on the inside is transformative. And I want you to think about your own life in that way. Really, the way that a caterpillar becomes a butterfly is by going through the metamorphosis that takes place in the cocoon. And so, in other words, what's happening when when that uh, caterpillar is in the isolation is what's so important. What's happening in that caterpillar when it's cocooned is so very important, and it's what makes the emergence of what comes next so powerfully, right. so powerful. And I want you to know that it's the same for us spiritually in this season. We're all cocooned. We're all feeling it. We're feeling the isolation. We're feeling, um, you know, the stay-at-home demand, command, and we're trying to respond to that. And what's happening is, you know, we're feeling that kind of that isolation, but I want you to be encouraged that something miraculous, something transformative can be happening in your life in that season. You know, it's been a joy to make some phone calls and just connect with some of our our church family. And and even just yesterday, I had a a beautiful phone call with one of our young adult women. And she said to me, you know, uh, Andy, my prayer request is that I emerge from this season different than when I went into it, you know? Um, A lot of people have talked about how a post-COVID world just won't be the same as the world we're living in now. And and I certainly agree, it's gonna be a different world, but I'm hoping that I'm a different person as well, Mm -hmm. a different person ready to meet that new season. So so it might feel like a time of suffering, but could we transform um, our thinking around that so that we could actually be transformed? Where we could actually be seeing it more like, no, 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 I went in as one person and I came out as a different person. Something happened in me. You know, when we opened up uh, the passage uh, last week, as we looked into the first chapter of 1 Peter, we talked about how, you know, twice in that first chapter, it says, you've been born again. And talks about being chosen and about the priceless inheritance and on and on and on. 
Peter kind of sets it up that way. And in chapter two, Peter begins to pick up what that means for us. In other words, in light of all that Jesus has done for us, in light of all that we've been given, how do we live? And that's really going to form the next several weeks of our conversation. How do we live in light of what Jesus did in the midst of suffering? And today I want us to look into chapter two and remember what Jesus has done for us. And in that remembrance, hear this verse, it's so as a result of, therefore, because of, so get rid of all evil behavior. That's 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, the very beginning of that verse. And I, I want to set a stage for you here. I want to talk about metamorphosis in your life. And I want to tell you that metamorphosis only happens when you take off what you were. When you take off what you were in the past. And so yeah. that's why this verse is saying this. Get rid of. The next section, which we'll get into in just a minute, says be done with. It's that same concept of saying, you know what? I've got to get rid of some things in my life if I'm going to walk through that metamorphosis experience. A butterfly and a caterpillar don't look the same. There's a lot less legs and a lot more wings, right? <laughs> There's a, a tremendous metamorphosis that takes place. And in order for your spiritual metamorphosis to take place, you're going to have to take off what you were, what yeah. you once were. That's why this right. verse says, get rid of all that evil behavior. It says it this way. It goes on and saying, be done with all deceit and hypocrisy and jealousy and all unkind speech. Now, Peter's giving some examples here. He's talking about several things that are obstacles, even to us after we become Christians. You know, you can be a Christian and still be deceitful. You can be a Christian and still struggle with hypocrisy and jealousy and unkind speech. In fact, when we begin to understand the words, the Greek words that Peter was actually using here, it gives it greater context. When he's talking about deceit, he's talking about the one that uses trickery. The word is dolos. And, and, and the one who never actually is true is more of a, a, an impure motive is the first thought on their minds. I want for myself first. That's really the idea of dolos, of, of this word deceit. And then he talks about hypocrisy. And we know from other studies, and maybe you'll remember in times past, I've talked about this, that hypocrisy comes from the Greek word hypokrisis, which actually means to be an actor. In other words, I'm not truly myself. I'm being something else. The question and the answer that I give are not congruent. The, the way that I present myself is convenient based on circumstance. And I'll say this, there's been a lot of us who have been Christians of convenience. In other words, when it fits me, when it suits me, when it's good for me, when the environment is right, then I become that. But in other environments and other atmospheres, I'm not that. And so that's that hypocritic way, uh, hypocritical way of, of viewing life and of working things out. And so, so Peter continues and says, listen, we got to get rid of jealousy. And actually the word that he uses here for jealousy is Thanos. And this Thanos, which starts with a PH actually, is, is a word really that's best suited to our term envy. And you know, the interesting thing about envy, about jealousy, is that it's honestly one of the very last sins to die in us. 
It holds on for dear life. It emerges even in what we would consider stately Christians. It's something that is present even at the Last Supper. So when Peter mentions it, you know, he's probably thinking back to that time. They were sitting around the sacred table with Jesus. He's giving them the new covenant in his blood. He's talking about his own body being broken for them. And around the table, the conversation is, who's going to have the greatest seat when we finally get to that last banquet in heaven? And so envy is one of the very last sins to die. And so it's right that Peter would say, listen, we got to get rid of this stuff. And then what follows envy? What follows jealousy? Well, unkind speech. That's what comes out of it. You know, did you hear about so-and-so? Well, you know, they say this, but they're actually this. And that's our way of dealing with our own envy. And so all of these come together to kind of say, listen, even though you're a Christian, there's stuff you got to get rid of. There's stuff that's going to keep you from going into the cocoon of metamorphosis. And so you've got to get rid of that stuff. These are the things that Peter says have to be stripped off of your life. And it's interesting because we're in this unique time where a lot of the stimulus for deceit and hypocrisy and jealousy and unkind speech, it has been removed Mm -hmm. because we're not interacting with people on the same level that we once were. But let's not kid ourselves. Even in this time. Even as we sit, you know, in our isolation, we can have envy. We just have to flip through Instagram or look at somebody else's storyline or think about someone else's life right now as they're surrounded by people who love them and I'm not and I'm, I'm alone and they're doing that. And, or, or people who are, you know, practicing social distancing in a certain way and others that are practicing it differently. It's easy to judge and to become jealous and envious of what others are experiencing and we're not, right? It's so so easy to get into that place. I mean, you know, there are people right now who are trying to drum up a way of making a fast buck off of somebody else's misfortune right now. Like, this is not a season that's void of deceit and hypocrisy and jealousy and unkind speech. It's not. And so we have to recognize that even now we need to begin to root that stuff out. But it's actually a wonderful cocoon that we can be in to deal with that. To say that's some of the stuff that I don't want to go with me into the future. It's stuff I want to deal with now. I want to engage the suffering of the isolation in a way that allows Christ to do something transformative in my life. Maybe for you it's not these things. Maybe for you, it's other things. You know, Paul talks in 1 Corinthians 6 about sexual sin, about greed, about substance abuse, about being an abusive person or a person who cheats others. And then in verse 11, he gives us the flip side, the other context, the context that fits with what what Peter is saying here about getting rid of this stuff. He says, some of you were once like that in verse 11. You were once like that. That represents the old you, the old life, the life before the metamorphosis. You used to, uh, you know, struggle with these things. These things used to have power over you. And then he goes on to say, but you were cleansed. Mm -hmm. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. Mm -hmm. And so listen, as I finish up this thought that we're talking about, about the things that we've got to take off. We've got to take off what we once were. I want you to know this. All the power you need for true metamorphosis has been given to you. So good. And so you can live that out. Amen. So metamorphosis only happens when you take off what you were, but then you have to have a second step. You need to put on 
who you are. Amen. And are we thankful that the Bible tells us in many places who we are in Christ? And so Peter does that very well here in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Listen to what he says. He says, you are a chosen people. Hmm. You're royal priests a holy nation, God's very own possession. Mm. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. These are declarations for you and confessions for you in this time of cocooning Mm. that we were just talking about. And so I want us to say it together, and I want us to really believe that this, this is not just written to the people in Rome way back when. It's written to us now. It's written for us today because we believe that God's Word is alive, and it's active, and it's living for hmm. us. And so, so we're going to say this together. I'm chosen, I'm called, and I belong to God and His people. That's hmm. our declaration Amen. today. So can we say it together in our yes. homes? It might feel funny for you, but, yes. but we're going to declare it out loud because when you say it out loud, there's power in that. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's say it together. I am chosen, I am called, and I belong to God and His people. Let's say it one more time. Get in your heart. I am chosen, I am called, I belong to God and His people. So good. Let that be your, your confession this week. Yes. Peter explains what this means in the next verse, in verse 10. He says, once you had no identity as wow. a people, mm-hmm. now you are God's people. Mm-hmm. Once you received no mercy, now you've received God's mercy. Do you see the contrast of before and after? And it's mm. the same in our lives. So Once we didn't know who Jesus was, we didn't belong to him, and now we're grafted into his family, right. and we're given this identity as God's people, along with all these people in the Bible, mm-hmm. we're all part of that together. And mm. so it doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what your identity was, what your lineage was, what your history was, mm. um, who you were, or the habits you had, or the name that you had. Right. You know, our, our girls, they talk about um, these sticky feelings, these sticky labels that have been put, in, mm-hmm. put on you, mm-hmm. and you got to rip those off and take the identity of Christ. And yes. so it's the Amen. same for adults as it is for children. we got sticky feelings, things that want to stick to us. We've got to take it off and put on the identity of Christ, yes. and we need to know who we are. Hmm. Um we me go back a few verses into verse five. Uh, Peter says, and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. Awesome. What's more, you're holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices and you please God. Hmm. So Jesus, we talked about last week, was our living hope. And here it actually starts by saying Jesus is the living stone mm-hmm. and we are also living stones. It's because we've been grafted in and given this identity that's the same as the identity of Christ. Yes. And so Amen. we don't have to earn that. We don't have to do anything to receive that besides just confess Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we're grafted in as living stones along with him. And so this is like he's the cornerstone and we're the living stones set around him being built up into his will, into his purpose for mm-hmm. our lives. And that's that's alive and that's moving and that's transforming. And so mm-hmm. this, this idea of the transformation that happens in the cocoon is very relevant because this is all language about being very alive, mm-hmm. right? Living hope, living stones. This is what we are. This is who Jesus is. And we carry that same spirit. You know, we also carry the Holy Spirit. And, and it talks about this act of worship, this spiritual sacrifice in verse 5 that mm. we get to offer that please God in the Old Testament, it was only the priests who could do that. And now we are, we've are we been given that mantle, that 
that title, that identity, not only as living stones, but as priests hmm. and the ones who bring this beautiful sacrifice to God. And that's our worship. Yeah. And so we worship with our Amen. lives, not just with a song, but with our whole lives, with our hmm. whole being. And so even in this time when we're we're worshiping separately, mm-hmm. but it's one song rising up to God, isn't it? Yeah. We're listening to one message from from one book, from right. one God. And, it, and it's all pleasing. It's a pleasing aroma to God. And he so accepts good. it. Because we are the priests now offering that Hmm. um, because Jesus was the high priest. So he's the living stone and we're living stones. He's the high priest and and we're priests now. And so you see how we fall under his his leadership Hmm. and and we get to be called all of these things now. So we can't be together. We can't hear this together. We can't sing this together. But we are building something that is alive together. And that's this living temple that Jesus is the cornerstone of, and we're the living stone. So, so much beautiful imagery mm-hmm. here that that Peter is bringing up. And so, mm-hmm. let's use this time in the cocoon um, to not waste it, not wish it away, not yeah. count down the days until it's going to be over. Isn't it easy to watch the news and be like, you know, well, Bonnie Henry says it's going to be over then, and Donald Trump says it's going to be over then, and I'm I'm trying to fit it all together and figure out when this is all going to be done, right. but. But let's not waste this time. Let's yeah. use this time in the cocoon, so to speak, to um, put off who we were right. and take it off and put on who we really are, Amen. our identity in Christ. And we're going to emerge transformed. Hmm. Well, that is such a good word. Oh, I just love that. That picture of us being living stones together. So I want to bring this all just into one simple application. I want you to just remember one thing, and that is simply this. I want you now to begin to develop your cravings, develop your cravings. This is this is really the outflow from this message. This is the application part, you know, beyond what we've already shared. I want you to develop your cravings. I want to make it really simple for you. You know, as I think about my COVID diet, I can tell you, honestly, it's easy to eat more than I'm used to normally eating and to exercise less than I'm used to normally exercising. And as a result, it's easy to collect pounds. It's easy to have a COVID craving for (laughs) chips and for sweets and, you know, to just watch Netflix and to just hang out and just, you know, uh, binge on movies and, you know, all of this stuff, because what are we actually going to do in the evenings? Let's make a pie, you know? And so, and so as a result, it's very, very easy to put on a few pounds. And, and, you know, I know from times past, when I get into sort of that lull, when it comes to my diet, I've got to kickstart my cravings. Mm-hmm. And if I push away from the sugar and the, and the chips and all that kind of stuff, and I kind of, you know, almost kickstart myself into eating healthy foods, it makes it, you know, eventually it changes. And I, I crave that. I want that. It makes it so much easier on me. And a few days, the, the cravings are gone for some of those other things. And, and I just long for more of what's good. And, and that's exactly the picture that we're left with here. It's the same with your spiritual walk. You've got to kickstart your craving for what's good. Yeah. And so verse 2 you know, it, it gets it right into the point that right at the beginning we heard get rid of and take off and be done with. Mm-hmm. And now in verse two, it says this, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. I'm going to read the rest of the verse in just a minute, but I want you to see that there's a there's a need for us to crave what is so basic milk. You know, you don't even have to have teeth to drink milk. Right. So it's so basic. It's the basic nourishment that belongs to us as the people of God. And I'm going to talk to you about that in just a moment. But I want to point out that it says grow into full 
a full experience of salvation. In other words, the Greek word here for grow into is that transition from childhood to adulthood. And so I don't want you to think that this is just, oh, that's baby steps. No, no. This craving is basic. In other words, it's what takes you from where you are to where God wants you to be. It's yeah. you growing yeah. into the fullness. Mm-hmm. And so you don't get away from craving this pure spiritual milk. Right. This is not about being a child or being an adolescent, as is in some examples of milk being used in the Bible. No, no. This is about understanding that there's a basic nourishment you need. And then the verse goes on, cry out for this nourishment. Verse 3 says, now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness, cry out for this, mm-hmm. cry out for it, long for it. Let it be a craving that you, you desire, like a baby desires milk, like crying out for it. I need it. I want it. And I want to tell you that there is no better place for you to get this pure spiritual milk than when you open up God's word mm-hmm. and you begin to feed on his word. Yes. I want to tell you that the truth is this. What's inspiring you today is not me, and it's not Lisa. What's inspiring you today is God's Word. Mm. That's what's inspiring you today. And that can be your experience when you open it up and you begin to crave it and long for it and desire it and cry out for this nourishment. God will satisfy you with His Word. You know, every word of it is nourishing to you. There's nothing in it that you you could not feed on. There is nourishment in every word. And the more you feast on it, the more you're going to crave it. So can I encourage you? Get hungry for God's word in this time. You want to be transformed? You want the metamorphosis to take place? Yes, get rid of some stuff. Yes, put on who you really are. Mm -hmm. But crave this word. Crave this spiritual food. Eat here. Feed here because this is life to you. And every word is nourishment. So as we wrap up today, listen, let me just encourage you with two thoughts. And one is this. You might be in a place where, where you need to make a commitment to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never given your life over to Jesus Christ and you need to do that. Mm-hmm. Listen, when you do that, life is transformed for you. There's a, there's, a, there's a place in heaven that's secured for you. There's a hope on earth in the middle of all this weirdness. And I just want to ask you a couple of questions, really, as we begin to think about this. For all of us, Christians or those who are just deciding today to make a decision for Jesus, let me ask you, what are you going to do with the time that you've been given right now? Mm-hmm. Literally, what else are you going to do? When are you ever going to be given a time like this again? Right. We don't know. Yeah. You're in a cocoon right now. Make the most of it. Yes. Make the change. Make the shift. Make the decision that this is metamorphosis time. This is transformation time for you. And I know some of you are just ready. You're longing for the metamorphosis. You're longing for the change. There's things you want to leave behind. Listen, this is your season. Grab hold of it. Take hold of it. So maybe you just need to commit yourself to the Lord Jesus again. You need to say, Jesus, it's all about you. I'm going to commit myself to you again. Maybe you need to commit yourself to him for the very first time. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, what? whatever you need today, you just take it from Jesus. The Bible says, call on his name. You will be saved. The Bible says, a contrite heart God will not despise. In other words, when you're humble before him, when you say, God, I need you, he reaches back to you. 
He's a loving father who's waiting for you. So reach out to Jesus today. In fact, if you want to make a decision to follow Christ and you've never done that before, on the screen right right below me here, there's a number that's going to come up. And you can simply text the word LIFE to that number. And and through that number and through that act, you can begin now to connect with us. And we're going to connect back with you and help you walk out your faith journey. You're making a, a, a beautiful decision today. But for every single one of us, followers of Jesus who are listening, leaning in today, can I just encourage you? Crave pure spiritual milk. Get in God's word. Open up your iPhone or your, your smartphone or your computer. Get on an app and look at version and yeah. download a reading plan and start it right now. Start it today. Don't let a day go by mm-hmm. where you don't begin to develop that craving. And as a result, I believe that God has a blessing for your life in this time. I'm really believing for transformation for you. Mm-hmm. I'm believing for the metamorphosis for all of us as we're in this time of cocoon. So pray with me, Father in heaven, Lisa and I just join our hearts together, our faith together with those watching right now. And we pray that the spirit of God would reach through the screen and minister a touch, minister wisdom and direction, minister the capacity to harness these special days, Lord. We don't know when we'll get them again. And we can either wallow in suffering and and in disappointment and in in wishing it was different, or we can harness the power of this time. We can literally see our lives transformed Mm -hmm. as we cocoon away with you, as we drink and eat of the spiritual food, the bread of life, Jesus Christ, your word. And as we do that, Lord, there's going to be a transformation in our lives. And we can emerge from this time, the people we've always longed to be, the people who aren't hypocrites and aren't deceitful anymore and, and aren't jealous and aren't speaking unkind words, those things, we're done with them. Yeah. And what's going to emerge in us is a godly man or woman who loves Jesus more than ever before, that's ready to spread their wings into all that God has for them and ready to serve in it with new zeal in the house of God and for God's purposes in this world. And so we pray your help. We yes. pray your kingdom come and yes. your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Yeah. Amen. 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 Amen.